Hey everybody, Christopher here with another episode of Karen Isn't Always Right. This week's guest uh, is Alicia. She comes to us from uh, Louisiana. I met her a couple years ago. Uh, she works in the theater industry and I went to her location to kind of help out with some things. And um, actually a couple times. And we hit it off and uh, when she heard I was doing a podcast, uh, commented on um, with her thoughts uh, about about dealing with the really challenging guests and customers and uh, in talking uh, invited her on uh, to kind of talk about her perspective with things especially after the the last episode I did about anxiety and um, and dealing with that and how do you overcome that as she uh, seemed to really be able to relate to it so I thought this was a really good conversation and as always I hope you enjoy <laughs> Hey Alicia, how are you? I'm doing good, and you? Good, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I was really excited when uh, you posted or you commented on one of my posts, you know, like all excited about what kind of podcast I was doing. So that's why I reached out to you uh, to let you know because I was kind of looking for some, some new guests. And uh, it seems to me that you relate to uh, this uh, the subject of this particular podcast. Would that be accurate? Uh, that's an understatement. Oh, yeah? Why is that? <laughs> um, I guess just because it's something that has become, you know, part of my everyday routine is dealing with Karens on a regular basis, so. Well, so let's give everybody some background on you. So tell me, you know, who you are and, and what you do for a living and how, how do we know each other, stuff like that. Okay, well, um. I actually am an assistant manager at a movie theater. I'm not going to say which one. Sure. Um, obviously, you and I met through my general manager um, about two years ago, I think. Something like that. Yeah. And we've been friends on Facebook ever since. So, yeah. Cool, cool. And how long have you been in the movie theater industry? Ooh, it'll be three years in May. Yeah. Do you like it? I do love it. Even yeah. with the Karens, I do love my job. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that too. I've been doing it a little longer than you, and it can wear on you a little bit, right? Yeah, 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 yeah it can. So when you when I say the name Karen, what what image does that evoke for you? <laughs> a woman with really short, spiky blonde hair. <laughs> the, the I want to talk to a manager haircut. Yes. <laughs> is it is it that lady? Can you see? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's part of my marketing. I'm sure. I'm sure this woman is out there somewhere hating her life, and hopefully her real name isn't actually Karen. But you got it. You have to imagine she changed her haircut shortly after this became viral. I would so. hope so. Good I would Lord. hope so. And any woman who chooses to actually cut her hair and that, and knowing that that exists, God help her. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you told you told me that kind of this is an everyday thing for you, right? Yeah. Run, run to Karen. So, talk to me more about the Karens in your life and, and maybe, maybe examples that stand out in your mind of, of interactions you've had. Um, okay. Well, just this past two weeks, we've been on our Christmas vacation. The kids were out of school. Um, we have what I call repeat offender Karens mm -hmm. who do this a lot. Um, and distinctly the first one that comes to my mind, she comes into our theater probably two to three times a week. 
She's one that whenever she walks in and we all know what she looks like, we all hide. Just <laughs> every time she comes in the building, there's a problem, whether it's, you know, her popcorn or her rewards not working or her points not working or just there's always something wrong and there's nothing you can say that is going to make her happy. Nothing. Just so what does she do when polite. she comes in? What it, when she's coming in and she's going off about something, like what it, what's going on? Um, she comes in, I guess, almost with the opinion she's better than everyone there. Mm-hmm. Like she knows more than you. Mm-hmm. So she tells us what needs to be done and how to do it. She's actually joked that she needs to just come work for us. And I laughed in her face. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I had somebody. Just, that's a minor example. <laughs> yeah, I had somebody like that a long time ago. Um, there was like three years in a row at this one theater that I was working at. We got the same complaint every single year. I mean, literally verbatim email complaint, you know, it went through the home office. And yeah. uh, and by the third year, I, find, I compared it. Because the second year, I was like, hmm, this seems really familiar. But by the third year, I was like, come on. And I went and I did the research, and I literally laid them out on my desk, and they were almost <laughs> word for word the same complaint. And I called my boss, and I was like, bro. <laughs> what do you? What am I supposed to do about this? this is, she's clearly taking advantage. And then she worked at this one uh, place in the town where my theater is, and it's a call mm-hmm. center. And everybody knows of this call center. You know, the place that's collecting payments from people and stuff like that. And kind of takes mm-hmm. a nasty person to work there, if you ask me. I mean, you got to have that yeah. thick skin. You got to be a jerk, you know, and stuff like that. And um, and at one point, I remember getting an application from her. I shit you not, oh, yeah, no. and and I shared it with all my <laughs> managers, and I was like, we should like hire her, and then on her first day, just hand her a toothbrush and send her out to the compactor and make her just. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Not say anything about who that we know who she is and what she's done or anything like that, but yeah, that's annoying when they come in and they just they they're condescending, they act like they know everything and treat you basically like shit, like garbage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then you're left with that feeling, uh, you know, like you said, everybody wants to run hide. So what about you personally? Do you, like I just did a podcast, it was a, a, a solo one, just me, about, I actually deal with a lot of anxiety when it comes to um, guests. This is a very, very personal podcast from my point of view, and I'm sure that I'm going to have some colleagues out there who are like, fries a bitch, but um, <laughs> we're just... Which is unfortunate, but I mean it's a real thing, and and I really struggle when I know I'm about to walk into a situation like that. So do you do you struggle with that at all? And if you do, are you willing to to share about that? I do. Um, I hate confrontation. Mm-hmm. I will always be upfront and honest with you know the ones that I'm closest to because it's different. But whenever you're walking into a situation, you don't know what's wrong. You're just walking into it blind. It's it's almost like having a panic attack walking into that situation because you you don't know if they're going to try to beat you up or, you know, pull a knife on you or you just never know with people anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I, yeah. And I think, you know, most of the time, you know, I, I would say the majority of the time – nothing really ever truly comes out of those situations other than you might get yelled at a little bit. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I've had, I've had some pretty extreme situations and personally, as well as a couple of my managers have as well, but those are usually the exception to the rule. Although it seems in recent yeah. years, things have gotten, have escalated a little bit, but, um, yeah, they have. it is kind of weird though, like to get such a visceral reaction, you know, in that anticipation of walking out there, because again, most people aren't going to punch you in the throat or anything. They're just going to yell at you. 
And yet here we are dealing with physical reactions to. And so what, how do you feel when you're like, let's say you're in the office, you get a call on the radio and it's weekly and you need to come out the lobby. There's a guest that wants to speak to you. What's, what's your reaction? How do you feel? I immediately want to hide. Okay. Um, I think of reasons or ways I can get out of it. And then I just tell myself, no, you need to um, put your big girl piece on and do what you're paid to do. Yeah. <laughs> Go out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the tough thing, right? Is like, that's, a, I mean, it's the job. It's part of the job. Probably one of the worst parts of the job next to some HR related stuff, but um, that's a Don't whole Don't get me started on that. <laughs> that's a, that's a, a whole other podcast. Um, yeah. And uh, I mean, I feel it too. And I'm a general manager and I've been doing this for 30 years and, and even I want to hide some, but, but you can't, you know, and you have yeah. to suck it up and you got to go out there. So when you're, so I'll tell you how I feel when I, when I actually get out to, to the lobby and I'm talking to a guest and I'm in that moment, I know for me, I'll get short of breath. I'll get a little panicky. I get uh, uh, what I call shaky voice or a trembly voice, you know, that I know for sure they must hear and then they'll detect as a sign of weakness or whatever, you know. And, and so those are the things, those are the, the feelings I have. I'm a grown-ass man and I'm feeling this way. It's, <laughs> It's, it sucks. It's terrible. And I, and I know people out there will say, well, you signed up for this, so you just got to deal with it. So how do you, how do you process all that and, and overcome that? Well, it helps that I'm on medication for anxiety. Okay. That's a big help. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, I guess at the end of the day, I try to remember that they're people too. And most of them just want to feel like they're heard. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of the time it's not personal. Something came up before they walked into your theater and they're just already upset about something else. You just happen to be taking the brunt of it. Mm -hmm. It happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, I try to remember that, you know, I'm a customer whenever I go somewhere too, and I might not always go in there with the best attitude or the best demeanor either. So I try to see it from every angle. I think that's one of my strengths is that I try to look at people as as I, I see myself, you know, someone who is fragile in some areas, but also strong in some areas, you know, we're not perfect. We're imperfect. Sure. sure. So. Yeah. I, I think empathy is a big part of it. That's what I typically will train my people on a lot is, is just trying to really put yourself in the, in the customer's shoes and understand where they're coming from, why they may be upset. Cause a lot of times, like you kind of touched on a little bit, there may have been something else before they even walked in the door that's already got them on edge, you know? Yeah. And then a lot in those complaints, especially the serious ones, it's not, it's not really all about that particular issue. That just happens to be the straw, you know, that pushed them over the edge. And, and so I try to train my people to just try to gain some understanding and try to just be sympathetic to what it is and things like that. So, when, when you're in that moment, how do you, how, how do you determine that line between, you know, and find that balance between, okay, I'm only going to take so much abuse and, and I'm going to be, or I'm going to be understanding about the situation. I'm trying, I'll let them like get it out of their system a little bit and I'll listen and try to be understanding. Like where, where do you draw the line for that? Well, I'm, I'm of the personality that I'm going to match your energy and I come to you with this, with a helpful mindset. I truly care about, you know, making this right. And nothing I'm telling you, you want to listen to, you want to, you don't want compensation. You just, you just, you want more than I can give you. Then 
at some point I just have to throw my hands up and say, I'm sorry. I, I, what do you want? What can okay. I do for you? Yeah. And are they responsive to that when you say that? Uh, I think most of them are stumped by the question, like, yeah. cause they don't even know what they want really. They yeah, just absolutely. want to be heard. Yep. That's absolutely. the only thing I can think. I had a situation a long time ago. Um, this was probably, I want to say like 2005, something like that. It was a very long time ago. And I, it it was like a Saturday night, and I was driving to a different location that was probably 35, 40 minutes away. There's a mm -hmm. massive snowstorm going on, right? <clears throat> and so I'm driving out to the theater. I think I need to pick something up or something like that. One of my managers calls me on my cell phone. And so I'm trying to drive through the storm and talk on the cell phone, which obviously is super safe. And uh, <laughs> and my manager's telling me about the situation where our one of our restrooms uh, flooded, a toilet overflowed or something like that. So the employees are trying to get it cleaned up. While they're trying to get it cleaned up, they've got wet floor signs in there. They're actively cleaning the situation. And some little kid walks in there. And when he walks in there, he slips and falls, and then he gets he gets water all over his clothes, right? So he's, he's soaking wet. So my, my manager calls me. He says, I've got this guy here. He's super pissed, going on and on and on about how his kids are soaking – his kids' clothes are soaking wet, and what are we going to do about this? And he's like, I'm trying everything. He's like, I've offered them a refund and some passes. I've offered you know, we to get some towels to try to dry them off, things of that nature, and nothing is satisfying this guy. He wants to talk to you. And I'm like – Bro, I'm 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 driving in a snowstorm right now. <laughs> uh, I'm not really sure. Like, it sounds like you're you're doing everything you can. He's like, yeah, I am, but he's demanding to talk to you. I was like, well, put him on. So he puts this guy on the phone with me, and I'm talking to this guy, and he's yelling and screaming at me and stuff like that. And I, I finally got to a point where I had to tell him, I was like, sir, I'm I'm, I'm really gonna need you to calm down for a second. I said, I'm trying to drive to another theater. I'm in a snowstorm right now. Obviously, it's not very safe, but I really want to try to help you out here. So if we can just calm down, then I, I'm I'm happy to whatever whatever we need to do. And he did. He finally he stopped yelling at me. And then I you know I offered him several different things. He wasn't happy with that. And then finally I asked him. I said, well, what would you like? Because clearly whatever I'm offering you isn't good enough. And I said, what can, what can I do for you? You seem to have something in mind. He goes, that's your job. I said, but you <laughs> – dude, you seem to have – like you seem to know what it is you want. So help me help you, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and he just never could. And I said, I mean <laughs> – Look, I don't. It's not like I have like a, a closet at the theater. I don't have you know a size. <laughs> I don't have a size five for an eight year old or whatever sitting around for this kid to put yeah. on. And I, ultimately, I don't even remember what I did to take care of this guy. I think I think this was one of those situations where we had to just part way. Like I just had to say, well, I'm not really sure what to do. My manager will do everything he can, you know, even to the point where like if you feel like you need to get reimbursed for your kids' clothes because they're ruined, we're happy to do that. But in this particular moment. There ain't a whole lot I can do for you, and I need to focus on driving. And I think that was that was kind of where we left it. And that's it's crazy because there's just people out there like that that, like you said, maybe just wanted to be heard. But it's, it seemed clear he wanted more than that too, you know. But so, was too afraid to say what he wanted, or just really didn't know what he wanted. Maybe I think yeah, he just didn't know what he wanted because he's certainly not afraid to yell and scream at me. But exactly. Uh, you know, it's funny because like a lot of people, though, they really go ape shit sometimes, and. And it's mind-boggling to me to to wrap my mind around like how how are you okay with doing this to somebody, and and I know the thing that stops me from punching somebody in the throat is the fact that I don't really want to lose my job and go to jail. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, and I think I think if people 
knew like kind of what was going through my head sometimes and how angry I'm getting internally, like they'd probably turn it down just a little bit. But it's like, I don't treat people that way. You know, now I have had moments. I've had my own Karen moment. Have you ever had a Karen moment where you've been in a customer service situation and you, you look back on it and you maybe regret what you, what you said or did? I've never been, you know, big about causing scenes or big confrontation scenes. So I might let the emotion show on my face before I got into customer service myself. But I've never just shown my ass the way some of these people do. (laughs) And all I can think about is like when I go and I'm a customer somewhere, I think about it from the standpoint of, you know, I don't want to make their job harder. You know, I'm in there because I want a service and they're providing it to me. And I'm going to be as nice as I can to them. Also, the fact You know, I was talking about this with my fiance earlier. Would you want somebody talking to your child the way that you talk to some of these people in customer service? Yeah. I highly doubt it. Yeah. It's It's just about respect. Exactly. It's funny, too, how I've seen some Karens who have their kids with them and and the example that they're Mm -hmm. setting for their children. And, in fact, I've I've had situations where the kid is being a a little Karen and a Karenette and uh, and the mom the mom is watching this go down and it's like what the fuck is happening right now like is, <laughs> are you you're really letting your kid talk to me this way it's unreal that that parents will let either set the example that way or let their own kid be that way now barring barring like something happened you know shortly before coming in the door or whatever what do you, do you think there's anything um, that might be contributing to why I know I've seen like an uptick in, in the Karens of the world. Do, what, do you think there's something that's contributing to that in society? I can't pinpoint exactly what it is, but I do feel like people feel more entitled now than they ever have. Okay. Um, they just feel like, you know, they're above you because you do what you do for a living, even though that's not the case we're providing them a service that they're always going to want. Mm-hmm. So um, I have noticed just in the past two years, three years that I've worked at the theater, I've noticed, you know, a lot more what they call boomers being a lot ruder and um, being upset about the changes that get, you know, that happen every day all around you. Why do I have to pick my seat? That's so stupid. Why can't I just sit where I want to sit? Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. Things change all the time. Stop treating me like a three-year-old having to assign me a seat. This is an elementary yeah. school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting you point out the entitlement thing. That came up in a, in a podcast I did yesterday with someone else uh, from actually your neck of the woods, um, <laughs> or at least used to be from your neck of the woods. But uh, uh-huh. he, he and I were talking at length in that there definitely seems to be a huge sense of entitlement, a growing sense of entitlement over the years. And, you know, again, I, I've, I've had – a little more years uh, under my belt than you, and I've I actually have seen the change happen over the years. Like, you know, 30 years ago, you'd get yelled at every once in a while, but it certainly wasn't the way it is now. And yeah, and I've I've, I've definitely seen a, a really big change just in probably the last five to ten years. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and you know, it's in that you know the HR stuff too. Is is a, there's a, that sense of entitlement as well. So I think it's just growing in society as a whole. Um, and one of the things I was talking about with the guy yesterday was that uh, 
you know, you, I read, I read books about business and customer service and stuff like that all the time. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that gets drilled into you, and you've heard this before, uh, is the customer's always right. Correct. You know, which, yeah, but that's not true. (laughs) It is not true, which is, you know, obviously hence the the title of the podcast, uh, is Karen isn't always right. But, um, we can, we can sit here and train everybody that the customer is always right, but we know it's not true. But the problem is, is that society over the years has heard this so often that they just, they just know it to be true. I mean, it's like if you tell a lie and if you tell it a, enough times, you believe the lie. Or if somebody tells yeah. you the lie, eventually it's a, you know, that's like you could eventually believe that lie. And I think yeah. that's kind of what's happened is everybody is just starting to believe the lie of the customer is always right. Now, that being said, to a degree, they are right. I mean, they're paying money, you know, good money to come see movies or go out to eat or buy clothes or whatever it is, wherever they are in the customer service industry. And from their perspective, they are right. And from our perspective in the industry, it's our job to figure it out and find a resolution. And I think right. the, the disconnect is they don't have to go like zero to 60 in 1.2 seconds to get what they need if they could just come at us in a calm, collected manner, state what the issue is, and give us that opportunity without jumping down our throats. You know, I think we'd probably get a lot further. You probably have a lot less PTSD out there, you know. Or if you just want something, ask for it. Yeah, exactly. Just just ask. You want, you know, something to separate your popcorn with? Ask for it. You want an extra cup for your kids? Ask for it. Don't don't bite my head off to get what you want because I'm not going to want to deal with you after that. How often do you see those complaints come through where – you know, they state the complaint, but it becomes less about the complaint at hand and more about the manager was rude. Yeah. And all about, I mean, you know, I try to train my people on this all the time about you got to be really, 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 really careful about your tone. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, we work for the same company and there's a lot of policies and things like that that we have to enforce, right? And look, we don't Mm -hmm. have to agree with all of these policies. We can think some of them are stupid. But at the end of the day, it's not our company. And so we have to enforce these policies, right? Now, uh, when you try to enforce one of those policies, you you get pushback on that, right? And, all the time. And as nice as you can possibly be, people don't want to hear about a policy, do they? No. They don't care. It's not, they just, they want what they want, how they want it. They don't care that it's against policy. They want you to bend the policy for them. Right. Unfortunately, you can't always do that. Yeah. I mean, you can be flexible. I don't want to lose my job. Yeah, exactly. You can be flexible with some things, but not everything. And uh, I mean, and it's not like you're telling the customer, like, you know, you can't get a fucking refund, you know, and yeah, of course not. You didn't, you didn't say it that way. You're just like, look, I, I'm sorry. It's after the show start. I'm not allowed to do a refund for you. You know, it barring some extenuating, you know, circumstance. It's not my fault that you showed up 45 minutes late. You know, you don't get to yeah. go to you don't go to a concert. You know, show up an hour late for the concert and expect to get in. You don't show up to a concert yeah. without a ticket and expect to get I lost my ticket. I mean that sucks to be you. Oh, okay. You ever gone? You ever gone to the airport and try to get in without a boarding pass? Do you think that's gonna happen? Not gonna happen. <laughs> so that segues into: Do you ever have you ever gotten that feeling that people tend to treat uh, movie theaters differently than they treat a lot of other customer service businesses? I think so, mainly just because I mean it's no secret that our business is primarily you know teenager based. It's mm-hmm. for kids who want to 
have their first job or they're trying to pay for college or um, I think they just think that what we do isn't that big of a deal, I guess, in terms of respect. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is respect has no bounds. Sure. No matter what it is that you do, you should always do to others you want done to you. And I do believe that there are obviously some lines, but right. Right. you can only make people happy for so, you know, do so much to make someone happy. Then there's nothing else you can do. It is interesting how there there seems to be this lower level of respect for people in the theater industry. And it's been like that for as long as I can remember. Um, yeah. I talk about it on a, on a different episode where I used to work at this theater in California in a very, very wealthy area, a, like a gated community. And, uh, I mean, the median income, and this was back in the late 90s, the median income at the time in that neighborhood was like around $150,000 a year. I mean, yeah. that's just the, the median income. And so whenever uh, a customer would ask for a manager, if I walked up, you know, at the time I would have been probably around 22 years old or whatever as the general manager, and I would walk out there and they'd look at me. And for, one of the first things they would say is, "Is you're the general man? Is there somebody else? You know, is there somebody older or whatever?" And it's like, "Bro, I worked hard to get here." I said, "What? Well, I am the general manager. How can I help you?" Because at the time, I also looked like I was 16. Um, <laughs> and then they would they would like introduce themselves as Doctor So and So, or you know, I'm Bob. I'm the CEO of blah blah blah. You know, or whatever. And it's like, all right, good for you. I'm Chris. I'm the general manager of this theater. Like, what are we talking about here? You know, um, I don't understand how that has any any bearing on this on this situation. But definitely over the years, I mean, back in the day, movie theaters used to be a lot simpler. Yeah. Um, and we could probably agree that things continue to get more and more and more and more complicated. I mean, pretty much mm -hmm. with every week that goes by, there's some new addition to to what we're doing. Yeah. I don't. But we have the same workforce. You know, and so back, you know, long time ago is the business was simpler. And so you had these young teenagers and it really wasn't a problem because you could, you, you know, no offense to teenagers because I was one once and that's where I started at 15 doing this job. You could train a monkey to do the job. Um, yeah. It's not quite the same anymore with because there's so much more going on. And so now you've got to put a lot more effort into your training. And But customers don't get that. Customers just see it as like, well, you know, you've got this stupid young kid there that doesn't care and doesn't understand. And I think that's part of the problem, too, is sometimes you get some employees who just don't care. You know, and so you mix the apathy. Yeah. You mix the apathy with the training, and, and that's a bad mix. And then customers just are like, well, whatever. You all suck. And it's like... I don't, I don't know what you want us to do about this, but yeah, your, hands are tied. <laughs> in your location, like I know your general manager, like what you know, how do you guys train on? Um, I mean, I know the company training, but is there any like location specific stuff that you guys really focus on when it comes to the Karens of the world? You know, and teaching people how to deal with that kind of escalation. Not necessarily location specific. Just we try to. Um, make them understand that, you know, it's not personal. Most of the time they just want to be heard. Um, if it's a situation that you feel like you just cannot handle call for one of us, that's what we're here for, but you do have the power to do what it takes to make them happy and to do, you know, do right by them. Um, I also try to remember when I'm dealing with Karen's or, you know, any other customer concerns, that the employees are watching me. Mm -hmm. They're watching to see how I'm going to handle it. And that's another way that it kind of helps me remain calm yep. and poised 
is I want them to watch how I'm handling it and know that they can handle it the same way and hopefully have the same outcome. Yeah, because the first time you lose your shit, I mean, you just set the example to everybody else that it's okay to lose your shit. Yeah. So, um, I've I've had a couple bad moments personally where I I haven't set the best example. I you know when I was younger, I had a really really nasty temper, really nasty temper, and I I mean I, overall I did a very good job of pushing it down and and holding it in. Um, as I've gotten a lot older over the years, it's really just more. Um, shown itself as anxiety anymore because yeah. I know I can't snap on them so that I just get anxious and it's funny because I have no idea like why I'm even anxious you know because again like I said logically what's other than a major extreme situation most of the time you're just gonna get yelled at a little bit um but I try to be really mindful about that example I said but I had I talked about this the other day like I had um this one this one moment where I'm in the hallway with this guy, he's just going off on me about his uh, bacon cheese fries. They were cold. They didn't get to him in time, blah, blah, blah. But he really started attacking me personally, and he's like, you suck. This place sucks. You're, you're a lousy manager. You need to be retrained, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, bro, I've been talking to you for like 30 seconds. Like, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> I'm happy to replace your fries. And he's like, I've been coming here for a while. And it's like, well, we just opened three weeks ago, but, you know, we're working on things. And he just wouldn't let up. And, you know, this was shortly after uh, my theater opened and I was under a lot of stress and I wasn't, I just was not in a good place. And it got so bad that I just turned around and walked away. I just walked away from him, like kind of mid conversation. It was, it was one of those moments I look back on and I'm very embarrassed because it was just a terrible example to set for other people. And ultimately I tried to go back and apologize and it didn't, he wasn't open to that either. Uh, it did not escalate beyond that, which is thankful uh, that I'm thankful for. But it's really, really hard sometimes, you know, when you're in those moments and you know you've got all your people watching you and stuff like that. But, but like you said, I think sometimes that helps me stay calm as well. So um, is there uh, anything that your general manager does that you think uh, really does like sets a good example for you guys or trains you guys on or talks to you guys about? Is there anything you all do as a management group that kind of helps mitigate this stuff or at least alleviate the stress from it we kind of have you know it's obvious with our company we have an open door policy but more so with our management staff and our employees you know we try to give everybody the ability to say exactly how it is they're feeling uh no judgments Mm -hmm. um we might all sit around in the office and talk shit about it and laugh at the customer you know whatever yeah yeah, it's our safe space (laughs) Yeah, yeah um and the employees, whenever they've had a really bad customer interaction, they come talk to us in the office. We make them laugh, you know, if they've been crying or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she she helps create kind of a safe space where we can feel free to talk about the not-so-great parts of the job. Mm-hmm. And that's with the management staff as well as the employees. Yeah, that's not surprising. She's she's pretty awesome like that. I mean, I always got mm-hmm. that feeling from her in the in the couple times I was down there, and uh, so that doesn't even surprise me a little bit. Um, I try to do that for my people too, and I think um, it's tough too because you get those complaints that go to the corporate office, you know, that obviously get kicked back to us as GMs that we're supposed to to handle. <clears throat> and you know, the customer doesn't always tell the truth, or they gloss over things or or rearrange things to make themselves sound better or whatever and it's hard because i have to i have to respond to that you know and 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 everybody above me sees my response to that and you have to balance 
like trying to resolve the complaint without throwing your people under the bus, but also without telling the customer that they're an asshat. And, <laughs> yeah. and there's like so many moving parts to that. Um, and a lot of times, you know, I, I'm, I've gotten fairly adept with identifying when I think a manager or an employee really did drop the ball. Yeah. And, or, you know, when, or maybe when they didn't and they're just being unfairly, um, they're, 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 an, their example is just unfair to the manager or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a balancing act. You know, it's a tight wire act sometimes when you're, when you're doing that. But when I do sit down with the manager, you know, I always try to look for moments that they did well that I can kind of reinforce with them. I definitely try to be understanding about the situation that they were in, you know, and mostly what I'm looking for is a pattern with a person. Like if they have a yeah. pattern of like, look, every single time you work, I'm getting a complaint. Like, yeah. There's a problem there. It's like not every single customer that you – there's no way that every single one that you deal with is a Karen. It's just not – that's just yeah. not realistic, <laughs> you know. Um, and so that – but it's tough, you know, and it's – you you have a responsibility as an editor to hold your people accountable and make sure that they're providing quality customer service. But then at the same time, you want to look out for them and you want to have their back too, you know. That's tough. Yeah. We talked about that earlier today too, just about how <sighs> – I'm not going to make my employees do anything that I wouldn't do. And, you know, when it comes to some of these Karens who take it too far or these customers that take it too far, I'm not going to ask questions. If you hurt or upset one of my employees, you're done. You're out. I don't, I don't need to ask you anything. You're just get out of my building. And then else to say to you. What, so where is that line for you? Cause you know, obviously you have to measure Okay, a guest is upset, you know, they're, they're clearly, and, and sometimes, you know, obviously there's justifiable reasons for people to be upset about certain things or whatever. Now, where, where is the line that you draw between a, a customer venting off some frustration and clearly just being angry about the situation and then them going too far? So where do you, where do you cut it off? When they make it personal, mm -hmm. um, I have this employee, she just so has to be Latina. Um, she was dealing with a customer in concession who he wasn't talking very loud to her, so she couldn't really hear him. And, of course, it's loud in the concession stand. We've got popcorn popping and icy machines and all that stuff going. And he asked her something, and she didn't hear him. Mm -hmm. And she even asked one of the other concession workers, like, what did he say? I, I didn't hear him. And he comes back at her and said, oh, it must be because you don't speak English. Oh. And... Of course, the poor thing was so devastated and appalled mm -hmm. that she even waited before she told us. But that's probably because she knew what was going to happen. Uh -huh. yeah. As soon as we found out, because she came to the office in tears, and she's not the kind of employee that lets things get to her, really. Mm -hmm. So whenever that happened and we found out what the guy looked like, we was trying to chase him down to get him out, yeah. period. You that's ever made somebody that's apologize? That's too far. Have you ever made somebody apologize to an employee? I don't think we've ever had the ability to do that because usually the situation is done and resolved and moved away from the employee. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've had it in the moment. There, there haven't been very many of them, but when someone has something said something similar to what you just said, some sort of offensive thing, and I'll, I've turned to them and I'll be like, I think that's out of line. I think you owe them an apology. We're happy to take care of you today, but you, you owe my employee an apology. Like that, That's just not... That's not cool, um, and that could go that could go south as well, you know, because nobody ever wants yeah. to be called out for their bullshit. Usually, the the like the line I'll draw 
and what I'll tell my managers is, you know, kind of like what you said, as soon as it becomes personal, like it's one thing to say, this is bullshit. It's another thing to say, fuck you, you're bullshit or something like that. Like if yeah. there's a difference, you know, if there's a difference between swearing and swearing at you, there's a difference yeah. between kind of yelling, raising your voice just because you're really frustrated and then raising and yelling your voice at, at the employee. And it's mm-hmm. like, and, and so all my people are trained to say, you know, look, if you want to, you, you need to stop swearing at me, first of all. And, and second of all, like, I am happy to help you. I'm here to take care of you. I'm here to resolve whatever concerns there are. But we need to take it down a couple notches. And if we can do that, yeah. then we can continue to move forward. But if that's not going to happen, then you're going to have to go, you know. And, and so that's where we, that's kind of where we draw the line. Because, man, we've had some, we've had some situations, you know. And a lot of our, <laughs> our really, ex- a lot of our really extreme ones come from alcohol. Um, and I don't know if you guys serve alcohol yet at your theater. Um, nope. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> yeah. It's, just, it's one more. It's one more thing, you know. Um, and people just—it's crazy how worked up people can get. I mean, I think it's crazy how worked up people can get in general at a movie theater. Being um, sober, yeah. But you know, it's like, man, you can't go. Like, you know, they—they they don't have their ID with them or whatever. And it's like, if you can't go two hours without a drink, you might want to consider help. I don't know. That's just me. But. <laughs> Um, you know, it's funny, like I'll go, I'll, I'll be out and about and I'll meet somebody and, and we talk about what we do and stuff like that. And I'll tell them I work at a movie theater and they're like, oh, that must be awesome. And I was like, yeah, you know, most of the time it is pretty awesome. But you know, sometimes the customers can be a little much and like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, you know, you get yelled at a lot and they're like, what on earth do people have to yell at somebody about in a movie theater? They're seeing a movie exactly. and it's like, if only everybody had your mindset about that, but that's just not yeah. how it is, you know, especially during the holidays. Like we just got through, you know, we all just got uh. through the, the toughest part of the year, the, the last yeah. two weeks of the year. And and that's when people seem to be the crankiest, you know. Mm-hmm. How is your all- the most wonderful time of the year, and mm-hmm. it really isn't. <laughs> How Not is your working all- customer service anyway? <laughs> no, for real. And I I almost feel more sorry for people in retail than I do people in our business. But yeah. I'm not sure because it's it could be it could be a tie. Um, how did your all's holidays go? Was it smooth or? Um. We ran out of a lot of stuff in our building, okay. uh, but as far as like customer concerns or anything like that, it was actually pretty mild. You know, the normal uh, employees calling in sick, um, <laughs> running out of supplies. Air quotes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Other than that, it was. I think that's probably the smoothest one we had. Yeah, honestly. I- I do think the you know the quote unquote employees calling out sick thing. When you combine. Um, the fact that it's crazy busy relative to any other part of the year in a very short period of time. And then you combine that with um, people are stressed out because they have family in town. They're stressed out because they just spent a shit ton of money on presents. They're stressed out because they might be sick. And then, you know, all of that stuff going on. Um, But then you combine it with the fact that nobody really wants to be working. You know, I mean, I've lo- I lose track of how many times we told our employees that you're going to be expected to work during the holidays. We tell them during the interview. We tell them during orientation. We send out yeah. multiple emails throughout the year as a reminder 
of just to remember, you know, you're going to be working during the holidays. At leading into the holidays, starting in October, is when we send out the holiday ranking preference sheet so that they can get at least yeah. one of the holidays off. Um, and then we send out a weekly communication every week. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's crazy. Every week. Uh, we send out this weekly communication, and in at the bottom of it is our attendance policy. And part of that attendance policy is talking about the holidays, also talking about – don't buy plane tickets to Bermuda, you know, over the holidays or tell your parents not to do that as a surprise present for you because you got this job at the understanding you'd be working on the holidays. Anyway, all of that in combination with each other creates a super stressful environment. Like one Saturday, yeah. we saved like 62 hours of payroll a couple of weeks ago on Saturday just by people calling off. On know. a Saturday? That's on a Saturday. insane. Yeah, yeah, 62 hours. So, yeah, and I mean, I don't, honestly, in in today's age, I don't know that I remember the last time, at least people didn't switch a shift. Like, I don't remember last time where, like, everybody came to work that was supposed to be there that didn't switch a shift, call off a shift, call in sick, whatever it is. Um, There's definitely a a huge uptick in that over the last few Mm -hmm. years. So, I think uh, so, too. So, can you, can you think of the absolute worst customer experience you ever had to deal with and how you dealt with that? I think the worst one I've ever had to deal with, um, it was a private event and we brought them all to their theater. You know, they had their vouchers and everything and everything was fine, but we had forgotten that the theater that we put them in, our speakers had blown. Oh no. And then we were going to move them to another theater and play the movie from that theater, but that movie wasn't pushed to the projector. <laughs> and I was the most senior member of management that day, and I had only been there as a manager for about nine months or so, and my GM wasn't there. Luckily, she lived just five minutes away, so I was able to call her, but I kept going downstairs you know, to tell everybody, you know, I'm so sorry, like, this is an anomaly, this kind of stuff never happens, this is, I am so sorry, and I was, I was panicking, because it was making me anxious, because nothing was going right, Uh and luckily, it ended up being a church group, so they were not understanding at all, Um, but there was this certain gentleman, um, he's a part of that church, and he came up to me and was talking about how how much bullshit it was, you know, their pastor or whatever paid really good money, you know, to be able to watch this movie and all these nice. different things. And we can't even get it right. And he made me cry. I mean, I'm just standing there listening to him read me and I'm in tears and there's nothing can do except say, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I have, I, I'm trying to get it situated. My, my boss is here trying to get it situated. I'm sorry. We are going to do whatever it takes to make this right. I'm just so sorry. And I would, I started sobbing because I was just like, I'm way, I'm in way over my head here mm-hmm. and I don't know what to do. And then we ended up getting to play the movie. Uh, we basically rain checked them two or three times, you know, per person. Mm-hmm. Um, after the movie was over with, the guy actually found me, and he apologized to me. That's weird. And I know. And I expressed to him, I said, you know, I'm still kind of a new manager. 
Um, you know, I'm probably one of the higher trained ones here right now. And I'm sorry that we didn't meet your expectations because trust me, we didn't meet mine. Mm-hmm. And we're, I, I'm so sorry that it didn't go better than that. Yeah. And at the end of it, like I said, he apologized to me. He wrapped me in a big hug and he was like, I'm sorry I made you so upset. Wow. And it, it was a really bad situation that ended very good. Good. It has never happened since because it's always <laughs> just been, it's rare. you know, bad, bad, bad. Yeah, yeah, it's but, rare. Yeah. Well, good, good job. Yeah, that's that's tough, man. When because it can get so overwhelming when you have a when you have, especially when you have a big group and something major goes wrong. Like I, uh, uh, I had a situation at a theater here in Colorado. <clears throat> um, not a theater I run anymore, but this particular theater in Colorado is probably one of the tougher theaters in my career to run because of the people, really. And we do operas at that particular theater. And oh no. Besides church groups, opera groups are the worst. It's funny because uh-huh. you know the whole the whole church group thing. I don't know what it is about about like I don't mean to bash Christians because there's a lot of good Christians, there's a lot of good religious people out there. But for whatever reason, when you get them all in a group, they can be nasty, nasty people. And it's yes, like they can for being Christian. Uh-huh. Like holy crap, maybe you need to go to church. <laughs> and I don't know what you need to do. I'm praying for your soul because whatever. But um, so but this group uh, was it was an opera. And our, the operas at this location sell out like crazy. We had it in two large auditoriums, and they'd fill up. And, you know, they're all – they're older. So older, wealthier people are the rake, man. They're, they're, they're just the worst sometimes because they don't they're, – they're not typically coming to see the movies. You know, they just come on Sunday, on Saturdays for the opera, and that's it. Like any other time, they just stay at home. And so they don't get how movie theaters work. And then, you know, older people seem to be crankier. Um I don't know. But anyway, the, the opera crowd in general is pretty nasty. But this one particular day, and I, I wasn't usually working during the operas because um, I would always work later in the day on Saturdays. But this day we had a meeting, and uh, so I happened to be there early, and the meeting was over. I remember being in my office, and I knew we had an opera that morning. And uh, one of my, my senior managers comes into my office, and I knew that there had been a sound issue that was going on with this particular uh, event. And it was a nationwide problem, okay, and they weren't able to get it fixed. Sound kept dropping out, kept dropping out, kept dropping out. And I even knew uh, managers at the competition, and, and I was texting them asking if they were having the same problem, and they were. And so this is not just us, and it's not even just yeah. our, our company. This is everybody. And we were doing everything we could to try to alleviate the issue. We just couldn't. So we were, we were in the middle of signing out passes to take care of everybody. Um, and my managers were dealing with it, and then finally my senior comes into my office. He goes, yeah, they want to talk to you. And I was like, I was like, who? He goes, I'm pretty sure all of them. And I was like, <laughs> and you know that feeling you get where you're like, <gasps> you know, like that. And I was like, oh, fuck. So I go out there. And sh- <laughs> sure enough, man, there's a huge group in the lobby. And so I come out there, and as soon as I start walking up, they just start yelling at me. I mean, as a group, like mob mentality kind of situation. And I remember somehow I ended up in the middle of like a circle of them. And so they're all like surrounding me and just screaming at me. And like I finally got to a point where I just sort of shut down. Like if you imagine a robot like C-3PO or something where they flip the switch and he just like turns off. I mean, I sort of felt like that (laughs) because I couldn't handle it anymore. I mean, I kept trying to speak to 
individuals or whatever i'm like i hear i hear you i'm trying we're working on blah 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 you know and at one point like one lady kind of kept circling around and and she would do like these little drive-bys and she'd be like fuck you and your rhetoric you know and they're like circle back around again and it's like wait a minute what is what is going on here and i and so eventually i'm just like i'm just gonna stand here i'm just gonna let everybody yell at me and i'm just gonna let it happen you know i'm just gonna let it wash over me and i just did and like i think after like 30 minutes one of my managers comes over and kind of rescues me and he's like okay i think we think we got the sound back on so i was like you know i basically want to tell everybody fuck off going to your your auditorium but you can't say that. <laughs> so I no. <laughs> but I told everybody I was like, you know, if you want to make your way back into the auditorium, it sounds like the sounds back on. You know, we have an encore presentation on whatever day, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever it was. You know, hope it's recorded, so hopefully it'll be it'll all be good then. But we're going to be pa- da, 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 da. you know, we did all that. But holy shit, man! I don't think I've ever been yelled at by that many people at once, and that was one of my more terrible situations too. I almost cried. <sighs> I have cried on, like, individual ones, which makes me sound so terrible. But, like, I've – there have been moments where, like, somebody just made me cry because I'm having a rough day. Like, my anxiety, like, if you imagine a glass full of water, my mm-hmm. my glass is pretty much full way to the top. So it doesn't take much for pour over and for me to just, like, have an internal meltdown. And, you know, I'll, I usually try to keep it at half, but I can't. It's usually about three quarters. And so this one day, man, I was already full and, and I just, I don't know what happened, but I just kind of snapped internally. And I remember tears just coming, coming down. I was keeping it together, like, you know, <laughs> at least on the surf, but I couldn't keep the tears from happening. And I remember this guy looked at me, he's like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm really not, man. I'm like, I'm trying to help you with this situation <laughs> right now. <laughs> but I'm dealing with a lot, and this isn't helping, and I'm doing every single thing I, thing I can. And it was like at that moment, he did, he recognized like how much of a dick he was being. He, he actually, it was one of those few moments where he apologized. He's like, look, man, he's like, I'm not trying to ruin your day or anything. I just like, this is the problem. I don't even remember what the issue was. He goes, I just want this fixed. I was like, I'm trying to fix it, man, but you keep yelling at me. The longer you keep yelling at me, the longer <laughs> it keeps me from, from being able to fix your problems. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I want to make sure I don't miss anything. Have, oh, have you ever made a mistake? Like, have you ever, like, been in one of those situations and you really just kind of fucked up and retroact, you know, in retrospect, you're like, ah, oh, could have handled that better? Actually, I think I'm one of the managers that puts out the fires instead of creates them. Okay. That's good. So, because I'm. When I'm dealing with customers, they they look at you and they they want to nitpick everything you say and do. So I always watch my body language. I always try to make sure my face doesn't show how I'm really feeling. And I think about what I'm going to say before I say it. Good. And that's probably why, like I said, I put out more fires than I create. So. Yeah. Well, that's good. I've been... I dealt with so many that it's, I think it's part of that a thousand, you know, it's hard to have a perfect, uh, perfect yeah. average, but I can say that I, I, I could probably count on one hand, you know, how many I've, I've truly messed up. There've been probably a couple that there's just nothing I can do to help them. They just have to go above me. Um, yeah. and that's only happened. That's happened more often in the last several years than it has any other time in my career. Again, I think it's that sense of entitlement. And you know, it's funny is by the time they get to my boss, they're way nicer, way nicer, yeah. you know, of course. So like we had a guy recently say that 
there, there was a what was the situation? Um, oh, it was a handicapped seating situation, um, which um, with re- reserved seating has gotten worse. Like that situation has just gotten worse, and and it's mm-hmm. it's just a t- it's a challenging situation. And uh, this guy had been warned. Like he bought his tickets. The warning pops up when he buys his tickets. But the box cashier also warned him, uh, and then Podium even warned him on his way in as well. And he gets in there, and then sure enough, we need to move him. Okay, because somebody showed up needing the seats, and he wasn't happy with that. And it's, it's you know, long story short, there was he misunderstood the manager. He felt like the manager was lying to him about something, which mm-hmm. is like I don't know where what benefit we had to lie, but whatever. He ultimately called back, talked to I wasn't there at the time. He talked to one of my senior manager. He was trying to help. He kept saying that she was lying, and then eventually it got to a point where he he said something that made it sound like he was threatening them. And, and he's, he's uh, from a different country. He's from Australia. And he was trying – ultimately, he said it was a colloquialism for going above their head. But what he had said was, I'm going to cut your head. Okay? Now, in his eyes, that's going above someone said. Ooh. Now, as an American, when someone says, I'm going to go above your head, I think I know what that means. You probably know what that means. Yeah. It means I'm going to go to your boss. But if somebody says, I'm going to cut your head, I don't know. That sounds weird. Sounds – like you're threatening me, threatening. You, you know, I don't, I don't know, but we're not in fucking Australia, man, so maybe, rat, <laughs> maybe ratchet it down, and so, you know, they took it as a threat, and ultimately, they called the police and let them know what was going on, and uh, on and on and on, well, ultimately, he, um, I had ma- my manager's back, I wasn't willing to let him back, so we were going to trespass the guy, he got really mad, he decides he wants to talk to my boss, but when he talked to my boss, he was very nice, he was like, uh-huh. hey, Oh no, I can't do an Australian accent. But he's like, he goes, oh no, I was, I was just saying I was gonna go above their head, and I just, you know, frustrating situation, whatever. And it's like, bro, come on, you knew what you were doing, you know, to the point where at one point during that whole thing, he even followed the late because he didn't believe that the lady that came in was actually handicapped. So after the movie, he literally, he told my manager that he did this. He literally followed her out to her car, filming her go out to her car, and it's like. Come on, man. Like, not every handicap is visible. I think we all we nope. all know this, you know. And uh, once someone identifies themselves as being handicapped, like, you need to take them at their word. We told him that, too. And he goes, he goes, well, then I guess every time I come there, I'm just going to say I'm handicapped. And my senior manager was like, I mean, I guess if you got to do what you got to do, if you want to <laughs> I mean, if you don't, if, if you're okay with that morally speaking, then do whatever you got to do. Like technically, I'm I broke my my ankle uh, last week. Technically, I'm handicapped. I don't have a sticker, so I don't park in a handicapped spot. I'm not an asshole. Yeah. You know what I mean? But some people just I don't know. They want to see the world burn, I guess. But yeah. All right. Well, we're coming up on an hour. Um, anything else you want to throw out there, or you want to wrap this up? Nah, I think we covered just about everything I wanted to cover. Honestly. Sweet, sweet. Well, this was awesome, man. I'm really glad that you were happy to come on. I was happy to have you. I, I had a lot of fun doing this, so we should uh, we should try to do it again sometime. Yes, I would love to come back on. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, thanks for coming on, and, and we'll talk again soon. Guests and hosts and are not representative of any other organizations or individuals. If you or someone you know are interested in being a guest on Karen Isn't Always Right, please give us a visit at kiarpodcast.com and submit your interest on the Contact Us page as we'd love to have you. Thanks for joining us on Karen Isn't Always Right, and we'll see you next time.